Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham, WTIC 1080 News, also on Light 100.5 WRCH and 96.5 TIC. Our guest this morning is Gannon Long. She is the Chief Programs Officer of Operation Fuel, and definitely a lot to talk about as we head into the winter. It's been uh, chilly recently, and um, definitely that time of year when a lot of people start thinking about energy, and not just that, but being able to afford the energy. Gannon, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks for inviting us. There's definitely a lot going on, and it was not too long ago recently, there was a news item that popped up with you guys about a study that finds that many more homes and households in Connecticut cannot actually afford the increase in energy. Yeah, we had an event last last week at the LOB, the Legislative Office Building in Hartford, and we had some lawmakers and policymakers there with us. And we released a study that Operation Fuel had conducted over the past year or two um, and we examined energy affordability in Connecticut. We went across the state. We revealed data by census tract, and we also uh, combined that with transportation, housing, and water affordability burdens throughout the state. And I think the top line findings regarding energy from that research shows that the affordability gap for energy, what people can afford to pay to heat and light their homes versus what they're being asked to pay, um, rose 37%. It's now over $600 million uh, in 2023. That's, that's up from about $440 million. Also a daunting number just three years ago. We now see about 424,000 families struggling with energy costs in Connecticut. And we know that federal energy assistance through the Connecticut Energy Assistance Program is, uh, it may serve about 100,000 people this year. So there's a huge gap remaining in, between what people can afford to pay and what they are required, you know, based on their income and what they're required to pay, and also a big gap between how many families need assistance and how much assistance there is available. Gannon, I guess the big question that a lot of people have, what is behind the increase? I think there's a few different, que- you know, a few different aspects to that. Um, some, some are more national factors and some are more specific to Connecticut. So it's important for us to recognize Connecticut has some of the highest electricity rates in the country. Um, Operation Fuel started out as a home heating fund in the late 70s during the oil crisis, and we were just trying to get folks that had fallen through the cracks of services to be able to heat their homes. 
Today, the majority of our spending by far goes to electricity bills because people, um, because those costs have just continued to climb and families struggle to pay them. Um, so we know that, you know, that's, that's one factor. Um, I also just want to note for Connecticut, you know, we have a goal as a state to weatherize 80% of the homes by 2030. And we're not on track to meet that goal right now. Operation Fuel is starting some, pro you know, we have a, some new programs that we're working to uh, help folks remediate barriers in their homes that prevent weatherization and also connecting tenants and other low-income families with energy efficiency services. Um, Connecticut has an aging housing stock. And we have not made enough investments in weatherization and energy efficiency that's going to help people be comfortable in their homes. That's that's also something that affects, uh, can, you know, costs is because we know utilities, the, the less you consume, generally speaking, uh, you know, the, the more you save. And I think it's also just on a national level, you know, it's important to recognize that regulated monopolies, our utility companies are regulated monopolies, and they're guaranteed a rate of profit. So for Eversource and UI in Connecticut, I think uh, their, their rates of return are guaranteed around eight, 9%. Um, so when families can't pay those electricity costs, you know, they go into debt for it. The companies will write off this debt, but it doesn't mean that no one ever has to pay that bill. What happens is they write off that debt, they go back to the regulators, they say, we were guaranteed this number of, you know, this amount of money. We were only able to collect this amount the rest of that gap is then distributed across all ratepayers. So I think that's important for folks to understand one reason energy assistance is so important. Even if you can afford to pay your heat and light bills, you know, as other families can't pay those bills, they end up getting distributed to everyone. So it, this is especially true in Connecticut where we have very high rates that continue to climb because they're harder to afford. And we also have a huge wealth gap between the richest and the poorest people in our state. One of the tougher questions is, what can we do about it? And I just want to go back to a word that you brought up, which is weatherize, being mm -hmm. able to weatherize a home. So among the different steps that we could talk about today, I think it's important to note that there are some simple things that homeowners can do to protect their home from the elements and thus save a little bit in energy costs. So when you say weatherize, what do you mean and how does that look? So there's a few aspects to it, you know, weatherizing the outdoor of your, outdoors of your home so that you're not um, getting air in. You can do insulation. Um, and there's also different energy efficiency services. I think if folks go to energizect.com, you'll see all kinds of different. Uh, first of all, this is where if you want to change your electricity supplier, you can do that. Uh, if you want to change your rate, you know, your rates to a, a lower rate. But you can also find services in your area to get an energy audit in your home, you know they'll come they'll come to your home if you're below uh, 60 percent of state median income that's around forty one thousand dollars for an individual or seventy nine thousand for a family of four they'll come to your home and if you're below that income level they'll it'll be free if not you'll pay 50 bucks and they do an assessment they might do weather stripping they might seal something up in your windows they might be able to blow insulation in your house and these services can although you're paying a copay for it they can generate hundreds of dollars in savings for the for the home, so that's a that's a key aspect of it. Is folks, you know, it's important to know also we all pay into those funds on our electric bills, and so we want to make sure people are also getting their investment back as much as they can. Um, but those that's another area where I think Connecticut has a real opportunity to stabilize and grow that industry. In 2017, 
those funds were swept by the general uh, fund and they were put in the regular budget. So it really, you know, when you take $100 million out of a growing industry, it really kind of arrests that growth. And so we want to see more, more, you know, funds going to those services. But we encourage folks to really take advantage. Um, and that's, that's, I guess the other aspect of it is um, you want to seal in the air in your home so that you're not losing heat, but you also want to make sure that you don't have mold or asbestos or other health hazards that are in your home. And so that's been a, an issue that the state has been facing the last couple of years is how do we remediate those health barriers before we expand weatherization? Um, so those are some those are some kind of angles of what's going on, but I would encourage folks to go to energizct.com and see if you can get that get started with that energy audit. House Speaker Matt Ritter was talking about this situation and Connecticut's financial abilities, and he seems to believe, and he's quoted as saying that he believes that lawmakers can come to some kind of agreement to bring additional financial resources to close this gap a little bit for energy consumers. What do you believe he's talking about there? Well, I th- last year, um, let's see. So Operation Fuel, we have a, we're a private nonprofit. We have a budget of about $5.5 million. We help families um, that are struggling with their utility bills, but we are a small part of that landscape, right, as, as, a, as a small organization, although we do work statewide. Um, the state has every year received federal funding from uh, the federal government. It's called LIHEAP. In Connecticut, it's called uh, CEAP or CT, Connecticut Energy Assistance Program. And people can go to ct.gov slash heating help for more information on how to access that. So what happened, you know, before the pandemic, that federal funding was generally in the $80 million a year range. Um, and that was, we did the best as a state that we could with distributing that money to the folks who needed it, but it was always inadequate to meet the need. During the pandemic, there was extra funding available through ARPA and the CARES Act. And so for a couple of years, I think 21 and 22, uh, sorry, 20, 20 and 21, or I guess, depending on what your fiscal year looks like, but for a couple of years after the pandemic, there was a huge surplus, you know, a surge of funding. I won't say surplus, but it was a surge of funding where the budget annually was closer to $160 million a year for energy assistance. And so that was a huge help to families that needed it. After that federal funding dried up, which is basically hitting us last year and this year, that's where you saw kind of a perfect storm for folks where the electricity rates had increased and folks who heat with electric are paying really exorbitant costs for their heating in their homes. A lot of that is not always the most efficient way to do it if you're heating with baseboard electric. but those costs were rising as rates were rising at the same time that funding went back to the pre-pandemic level. So instead of 160, it was closer back to 80 or $90 million. This, the, I think one thing that we just want to be cautious about is that this is not a political issue. Um, everyone in, you know, who is struggling to, with being in the cold and dark this winter, it's not a partisan issue. It's not a political issue. It's an issue of families that have needs. And we as a community and society want to make sure that everybody is doing okay. Um, So the Connecticut legislature last year considered, because they were concerned, I think, about the drop in funding, they added a contingent $30 million to, in case, you know, they wanted, and, but what happened is they ended up not spending that money. And so I think what the speaker is looking at, and he was with us last week, we're really grateful that um, he joined us, 
But I think what he's looking at is, you know, is there a way for the state to help make up the gap that Washington has not um, provided the same levels of funding or has not had the same level of attention to this issue uh, in, in Congress recently? And so, you know, he's looking at how the state might be able to close that gap. And I don't want to get too in, involved in uh, how they're going to do that because I, <laughs> there's a lot of factors in how they determine the budget. But um, uh, I think that's that's what he was referring to is, is there a way for the state to sort of fill some of that gap that the federal government is not? Our guest this morning on Face Connecticut is Gannon Long, Chief Programs Officer of Operation Fuel. We're talking about energy affordability in Connecticut as we Really get into the heart of winter here. We're actually officially going into winter this coming week. And Gannon, as you mentioned, talking about federal resources, what more could be done about federal assistance to help energy affordability and help consumers with their energy bills in Connecticut? Well, I think they... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I think the federal government could do a lot more increasing funding and also just providing more predictability. So when you look at a program like Connecticut Energy Assistance or Operation Fuel, you might think, oh, so we'll just give them some more money and then they'll spend the money and then that'll be that and the problem will be solved. That it is sort of right, but it, it's a lot more complicated than that because every the money just doesn't get handed out on a truck, right? People have to be screened for eligibility. You have to review their documents. You have to make sure that they have a, a past due bill. There's other requirements, um, in the, and then the federal funding tends to have kind of more onerous requirements for applicants than, uh, than a program like Operation Fuel would. And so there's a lot of steps that go through that folks go through just to get that money to the people who need it. So you need predictability. You need planning. And I, you know, the, the, the plan for Connecticut's energy assistance program is approved by the legislature each August, but it's developed for months before then. So the time to invest and, and offer resources is really as soon as you can so that the people administering that money know, okay, I have this much to spend this month and that much to spend that month, as opposed to constantly recalculating how much they have left to go and who it's going to go to and how much will go to each family. That type of administrative uncertainty 
adds cost to the programs and it also takes away time and energy that we want to be spending with folks who need those resources the most. Without any further aid at this point in time, Gannon, uh, it seems like this would put a strain on Operation Fuel. Now, you're able to help people, but your financial abilities at Operation Fuel only go so far. And so how are you guys getting through this when you are dealing with a larger increase in people who need energy payment assistance? Yeah, I mean, it's been a challenge because Operation Fuel... Uh, for several years has really, you know, we've really prided ourselves on being a year-round energy assistance fund. And we've been able to stay open for months at a time uh, based on the, the, you know, the demand that we had at the time. In the last couple of years, we've opened up an online application system so people can apply. uh, When our season opens back up on January 8th, people can apply for assistance from their homes at operationfuel.org slash get help. Um, but you're absolutely right that the larger landscape and the wider need is way greater than what Operation Fuel ourselves can meet. And so we're we're working to um, to meet families where they are to to try to treat each each family with respect, patience, compassion, and make sure that we're taking care of them, refer them to other resources as needed. Um, but we're also recognizing that instead of months or most of the year, you know, our programs we can keep open for a number of weeks. I think we're expecting about an eight week season coming up this winter. And that's a big change to go from January to March, uh, where a few years ago we were going from November to May or even June. Um, So that's an adjustment for us. And it's also an opportunity for us to look at, um, you know, what wider structural changes do we need? That's part of why we we publish an affordability study every few years and look at the needs across the state. Uh, It's also why we're looking to expand our work. We have a new program called Better Homes and Buildings. And um, that basically is working with families that are low to to moderate income families around Connecticut that need, um, as I was talking about, those weatherization barriers taken out of their home or removing mold or asbestos, and also getting the home weatherized and ready to go so that we can install a heat pump in the home. Um, So that work is, it takes time. We work with partners. We leverage as many incentives as are available. We work with um, tremendous partners and called uh, I Heart My Home. They're out of Neighborhood Housing Services in New Haven, and we're super grateful for their partnership. Um, So those are some of the things we're looking at is how can we help families reduce their energy burden in the long term, and how can we advocate for policy changes and bring people together you know, we, we, we did our press conference last week, and it wasn't that we were coming out and saying, here's what we need everybody to do. We were saying, here's the issue. Here's what families are facing. And we want to bring together policymakers, utilities, um, elected officials, advocates, you know, service and case, case workers. We want to bring everybody to the table and make sure that we're developing solutions that are, are holistic and structural, not just putting, you know, a, a Band-Aid on, on a gaping wound. Do you think, Gannon, that there is actually some movement or some motion toward some kind of a solution here? Because it seems like from my position that there are constant talks with utilities and lawmakers and that they all seem to be in a level of agreement here. So do you think that at some point in time we'll see some motion that will actually bring more relief, greater relief to residents in need of energy assistance? Well, I was encouraged by the speaker's comments last week and and by the tone. I think, um, you know, I I think they're going to, I think they recognize the problem. I think they also recognize, you know, we had Representative Holly Cheeseman 
from uh, Salem East Lyme was with us and she's, you know, she's a Republican, she's on the energy committee, but she's also, it's a bipartisan issue. She, you know, this is an issue for everyone around the state who's paying an unaffordable electric bill. And as I said, you know, even if you can afford it, you know, your rates are going up because other people can't. And, and that's a, I think that's a challenge that folks are starting to recognize. Um, I, I, you know, I think they are generally, they're pretty good at making deals. Uh, I would leave that to the politicians, but they, they tend to get consensus, consensus around issues when it really matters. And I'm hopeful that they'll be able to make some progress uh, this session. What do people need to know about Operation Fuel if they're interested in learning more about it or if they're in need of some help this winter? Well, definitely visit our website, uh, operationfuel.org. If you're looking for help, we do water assistance all year as funding allows. We still have funding for Connecticut Water Aquarion programs if folks want to apply. Um, our energy assistance programs will open on January 8th, and folks can apply at operationfuel.org slash get help, or you can visit a fuel bank from across our statewide network to apply in person. Um, I, those, you know, those are for, for Operation Fuel. If folks want to help contribute, I mean, one of the best ways you can do that is by going to our website and, and donating. There's really no amount that's too small. Even a few dollars can help a family keep their heat or lights on for an, another day. Um, and we ask you to, to contribute uh, at operationfuel.org slash give help. Um, also, I just want to note anybody who pays an electric or a gas bill around the state, you probably have seen the line that says add a dollar. You can add a dollar. You can add five dollars. You can add ten dollars if you want. Just let you, your utility know when you pay your bill. And I just want to clarify our, our utility partners are, are wonderful at managing that program for us. But all of that money goes directly to assistance. It is not something that the utility companies or even Operation Fuel take a piece of. It all goes to help families in need. And so we encourage folks to um, to contribute through add a dollar. Um, I, I think as the as the need grows more dynamic and complex, as our energy systems grow more complex, right? We've got offshore wind, we've got solar, we've got transmission challenges, we've got you know performance based rate making, which is going to change how you know those utility guaranteed profits. It's going to change that structure. There's a lot happening in this space, and you know talking to people about it, kind of understanding, asking questions, and learning more. You know, again, that's why we did this affordability study. It's published at our website at operationfuel.org slash VEIC map. The, the research firm was VEIC. Um, so if you want to check it out, learn more about what's going on in your area, talk to folks about it, and talk to your elected officials. Let them know this is an issue of concern for you and ask what solutions they're working on. I do want to ask you in our final moments here, Gannon, speaking with Gannon Long. She is the Chief Programs Officer at Operation Fuel. We're talking about energy assistance to Connecticut residents today. I know that Brenda Watson was very involved in everything that you guys did. I talked to her for a number of years, and she was a fierce advocate for the issue. But I know that she's moved on. And so how are you guys picking up the pieces and still delivering um, with that uh, bit of a loss that you guys just experienced? Well, Brenda has been an incredible leader at Operation Fuel as, and, and across the state in a lot of these issues. She's been able to get people together and help them focus on, you know, compassion, people first leadership. I'm just grateful for her bringing me into the organization and for her mentorship and leadership over the years. Um, I feel very, you know, appreciative and confident that Brenda's legacy is really strong at Operation Fuel. 
We have a new um, uh, interim CEO. Her name is Roxana Booth. She has an advancement or development and communications background. She was previously at Hartford Youth Scholars, another great organization. Um, and Roxana just is a, it brings a lot of empathy, a lot of intelligence, a lot of experience to the organization. She's a great listener. And I think she's really dialed into Brenda's legacy of just putting people first and really working on solutions. So I'm grateful to be working with her at this point. We are fully staffed. Um, we have a wonderful programs team that I manage. Um, we have bilingual staff. Um, we have a lot of a lot of folks working hard, telling our story and telling the stories of our clients. Um, we're going to be focusing on continuing to meet the need for energy assistance, but also trying to grow our Better Homes and Buildings program. Um, so we're going to continue looking for more unrestricted funding that come from individual donations uh, and other sources that we want to use to expand that work. Um, so that's that's kind of you know where we're going. Um, but we're really grateful to Brenda for her leadership, not just as CEO, but previously managing our programs uh, in a role similar to what I'm doing now and really trying to develop programs, whether it's around homelessness intervention, uh, improving buildings at performance, you know, uh, water programs, these, you know, the affordability studies, these are all innovations of Brenda's that uh, Operation Fuel is really proud to continue and to build on in the future. Gannon, it has really been a pleasure to talk with you this morning on Face Connecticut. We have exactly one minute left, so if you could run down what people need to know if they want to learn more about Operation Fuel or if they're in need of some help this winter, what do they need to know, Gannon? If, if folks want to learn more about Operation Fuel, please visit us at operationfuel.org. You can find information about our finances, our programs, um, our recent affordability study that we released last week, um, definitely check us out and learn more information. Our program season will open on January 8th, 2024. Um, if you're looking for heating assistance now, uh, go to ct.gov slash heating help, and you will see there uh, links and information around energy audits, but uh, also importantly, how you can apply for assistance um, from the, the Connecticut Energy Assistance Program, and that's available through May. All right, fantastic, Gannon. Let's talk again maybe in the spring, see how uh, the winter went, and talk about the issues um, maybe six months from now. I really appreciate your coming on Face Connecticut. Thank you, Morgan. We're really glad to be here, and we'll be very happy to follow up with you next spring. Thank you. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.